You're listening to The Fitness Lounge, where we discuss in-depth everything from fitness, health, wellness, and mindset. Whether you're just beginning your fitness journey or you've been involved in fitness for years, we have a little something for everyone. So just sit back, lounge for a bit with us, and enjoy. Hi, and welcome to The Fitness Journey. I'm your host, Nick, with... I'm Ben. And we are going to be taking you through uh, conversations about fitness. Today's conversation is going to be about... Uh, the evolution of a fitness journey uh, and making sure that you set your proper expectations. Um, wanted to take a quick moment and just let you know why we decided to start this podcast. Um, ben and I have both been in fitness for shoot many uh, years now. Twenty years. Yeah, I'm mine not quite as long, but um, <laughs> uh, but we just wanted to make sure that uh, we are able to share some of the uh, experiences that we have. Um, some of the knowledge that we've gained over the years. Uh, I don't know about you, but I get people come up to me all the time and asking, you know, what do I do about this? What should I be eating? What should I be doing to work right. out? Um, and so I figured, you know, with all the people that come up and ask, um, it make it a lot easier if we just have something where we, we've recorded it. And we exactly. can, yep. So um, this podcast is going to be really geared towards anyone who uh, has thought about doing fitness, has been on the fence, um, you know, maybe has been told by their doctor they need to improve their overall health uh, to even people who have been doing fitness for a while maybe they've been um, doing it for 10 15 20 years maybe they're stuck in a rut looking for something new or they want to change up entirely uh, their path in fitness that they've been doing so far so um, we'll be bringing lots of different information covering lots of different topics so hopefully you'll be able to join us in the future along with these um, guests and um, we look forward to hearing your feedback as well so now <clears throat> you said you've been doing this for 20 plus years at least, yeah. So how did you get started originally in in your fitness journey? Well, you know, when I graduated high school, I wanted to be like all those other big dudes and put on the muscle. But then a couple of years after I graduated, I joined the Marines. And, uh, you know, that's kind of changed my life because, you know, not just the Marines, but any military branch, you got to have fitness, you know, height and weight standards. And so that kind of kick-started it for me. And over the years, uh, as I got more into it, you know, then I started loving it. And, you know, it's just always been a part of me now. You know, it's just my, one of my favorite things to do. Now, I, I know that you've uh, done some bodybuilding competitions, yes. right? Yes. It is one, two, how, how many have two. you done? Two so mm -hmm. far. Um, when did you decide that that was the path you wanted to take as opposed to just kind of fitness in general? Well, it's kind of funny because I, I didn't really do that till I almost retired from the Marines. You know, I, I was 19 years, but just the time that I didn't have the time to put into it. Uh, and then when I reached that retirement stage is when I actually had more time to do it. And then that's when I really got heavy into the whole bodybuilding thing and or physique, however you want to look at it these days. But uh, that, that's, that's when I really got heavy into it. You know, I've always been into the fitness industry type, type thing, but uh, getting up to that point where I was really serious about it is probably about my last year before I retired because I had the time to do it. Um, not that I didn't have time before, but it was just easier I guess well it's intensive I mean yeah. anytime you're doing something at that level of dedication yeah that, um, that was the thing was the dedication part it was just dedicating the time for it absolutely it's, it's at least a part-time job if not a full-time job exactly which is why you see some of these pro you know pro athletes pro bodybuilders uh, pro bikini competition you know um, I mean for most of them they didn't start off right um, you know with eight nine ten hours a day but what you know the, the kind of dedication it can take to be at that level just like you would you know if you're a professional football player right. professional basketball player it takes that yeah. type type of dedication that's their way of life that's correct now the beautiful thing is for most people um that's 
not the um, near the amount of time or effort or dedication that it would take for someone to be you know where they want to be right. I know when I started I mean I I played sports in high school I did powerlifting in high school and mm-hmm. I loved the idea of powerlifting because it's something that set me on a little bit more equal playing field than everyone else because I wasn't right. great at football I was just the, the tackle dummy I was too small um, but I could go into the weight room and I could train and I could work out and mm-hmm. I got better um, I actually coming out of high school, got my personal training uh, certification through the Cooper Institute in Dallas. And then I got uh, my advanced certification in biomechanics of resistance training, which is just understanding how the muscle and the joints operate together so that you don't injure yourself. Yeah, that's very important. It's massive. Um, But at the time I was too young, uh, didn't didn't like the you know five to nine a.m. and then five to nine (laughs) p.m. schedule. It was too it was too difficult and too rough on me. So. I went and waited tables and did all that and really just kind of fell out uh, of, of fitness in general. Every now and then I would work out once or twice, you know, but it wasn't something that I did as an enjoyment thing. And then I kept seeing these guys that would come in, you know, to some of the bars that I was waiting tables at and whatnot. Um, and they were looking really good. And I was like, man, how can I look like that? Right. Um, so I tried doing CrossFit for a while uh, and that just kicked my tail, <laughs> uh, kicked my tail too hard and uh, ended up trying to go to a different CrossFit gym and ended up talking to a guy there and I said, hey, listen, you know, I want to look like this, but I want to do CrossFit. And he looked at me and he said, you can't do CrossFit and look like that. Look so you like got to pick, yep. pick which one. I said, well, I'd rather look like that. <laughs> uh, and so for me, it was all purely aesthetics. And so my journey, my true journey in fitness started about six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been, it's been an up and down for me. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about, yeah, you know, I started, but I, I kind of fell off the horse. Man, I fell off the horse five or six, seven times. Yeah, well, and that's just life, too. I mean, you just, you know, life happens and your circumstances change. And when that changes, everything else changes behind it. Oh, 100%. And if you, if you, don't, have a, if you don't have a strong motivation to get back up and go, right. you know, you'll, you'll stay down. It's hard. So, so as we said, you know, today we're going to be talking about the, uh, the evolution of the fitness journey and setting the proper expectations. So if you're just now starting or thinking about starting uh, your fitness journey, whether it's as a means to an end um, or if you're doing a complete lifestyle makeover, we want to make sure that we give you some tips that you absolutely must know as you're getting started on this, this transition uh, period. Uh, first and foremost, and I think Ben can definitely uh, agree to this with, with the many people that you've run into. Um, and I know your wife's a trainer, right? Too. Yep. So, uh, you're, you know, I know she gets clients that come in and they're young. Gets clients that come in and they're old. The first thing you have to understand is, you cannot undo what it took you 20, 30, 40, 50 years right. to put in place. So if you've been sedentary, if you've been, you know, not taking care of your body from a fitness aspect for 30, 40 years, don't expect that in a few weeks <clears throat> you're going to change everything. I think just, that, yeah, I think that goes with any age, you know, I mean, when you start off, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a dramatic change. You're not going to see something in a week, you know, it's. No. And well, and you know, let's say you're, you know, you want to lose 50 pounds. Right. Or, you know, or even 20 or some people I know want to lose a hundred plus. Um, and then you hear all these advertisements out there. Yep. Oh, you know, lose 20, 30 pounds in a month. You're going to pull an Oprah so fast. You're going to rebound. Oh yeah. Um, yep. And so the, there are certain actual um, measurements and guides that we'll kind of cover uh, to really set those proper expectations. Well, your DNA, um, I mean, you can't control that. You can't change it. I mean, you are who you are. So it's, 
one of those things it goes right back to what we just talked about with the age you know it's uh everybody's different some people are going to see results faster some people are going to take longer you know it's talking you know my wife like you said she's a personal trainer like i talk to her all the time every day about people that she has and she's had you know young young kids of teenagers and she's had people up in their 60s and you know they get, they get different results at a faster or slower time you know Part of, part of the business, you know. Absolutely. Well, and, and another thing with the DNA um, is, and we'll cover this in another episode in, in depth, is, uh, you know, your body type. You know, right. how does it, how quick does it, you know, put on or take off body fat, put on or take off muscle. Right. Um, you know, obviously, you know, when people think of DNA, obviously, you know, your hair color, your height, all that kind of stuff. But it, it can affect many other things. Um, and so understanding how your DNA is set up is going to allow you to design a path to get to your goals faster as opposed to right. fighting against that right um, and now while you can't control your dna the beautiful thing about fitness is you do have 100 percent control of the input that you put in and that's your effort the nutrition the the types of workouts and exercises that you do um, the amount of time that you're able to dedicate to it, you get to control 100% of that. And the beautiful thing about the way the body operates is if you put in the proper input, you will get a very specific output. And so a lot of times if you can really define and set where you want to end up, if you know what the proper methods to get there are, the path becomes a lot shorter as far as time. It becomes a lot, uh, I'm not going to say the, it becomes easier, but you don't trip over yourself and, and end up having to re- go back and do something over again, right. um, you know, or, or waste time, if you will. And I think that's, for most people, I think that is where the expectations portion really mm-hmm. comes in, is that they they know what they want as their end result. Right. They just don't know... Everything in between. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that is where having the right people the right access to information, uh, whether that's a personal trainer, whether that's a doctor, which I highly recommend, you know, having both, right. um, you know, uh, even for me, like, you know, I call on my power team. I have a trainer, I've got a doctor slash chiropractor who, right. who handles basically all of my health stuff. I've got a massage therapist. I handle all those things in order because they're experts in their area and they keep me in the game. They keep me from being injured. They right. keep me healthy and my body moving forward. Um, and that's, after many years of <laughs> stumbling in the pitfalls and tripping over things to, to realize I should have had these people in my, in my game a long time ago. It's And it's good to have all those people. I mean, but you know, like you said, is that you, you control everything, but you, I mean, you have all these other outside resources that can help you control that. Absolutely. You know, I mean, with the information and well, and there's, there's with the information age, there's so much access to information. Yeah. But knowing which information is not only correct, because there are there is a lot of incorrect information out there. Absolutely. What I like to call bro science. Yeah. Uh, it sounds good, but it's not exactly right. proper. Um, and then there's proper information, but improperly applied. Right. You know, um, for instance, you know, just a very obvious example. If you're wanting to run a marathon, the last thing you need to be doing is skipping running distance and you go gotta, go lift weights. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so you've got to, you got to make sure that your input is what what. Um, is going to give you the exact output. Same with 
your nutrition, right? right. Uh, a, a marathon runner's diet is vastly different than a, a weightlifter's diet. Big difference. Um, and so, and of course, the other portion too is, you know, nowadays food allergies. You know, knowing whether you have intolerances, allergies, which most people I would think have some sort of idea about it, but I can tell you, you I sure so. didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to find out the hard way a few times. Um, so, but I think that's, that was probably my biggest allure about fitness was unlike, you know, your career or business or whatever, where you might have someone else controlling, you know, mm -hmm. your outcome, whether, you know, you get a raise, whether you get a promotion, whether you even get to stay with the company, whether the company is even in existence. There's right. so many other right. people touching and controlling that, that it's out of your control. This is the one thing that you have complete control over. And I think that's the biggest draw is if, if I feel like I have no control in any other aspect of my life, I feel I have 100% control over what I do with my body exactly, um, and, and how I choose to use it. So um, now I know, Ben, you were talking about uh, the long-term goals. Yeah. So yeah, everybody's got goals. So when you actually want to start, whether you want to be you know a bodybuilder or you want to look a certain way, like you got to set a, a long-term goal. And once you get that established, then you can go back and set shorter goals, like milestones, to get to that long-term goal. So you want to have some, you want to have some checks and balances in place to hold yourself accountable. Because you know, once you hit one, it kind of motivates you and gets you excited. You're like, okay, well, I hit this one. Now I'm going to go to this one, knowing that it's going to lead to that long-term goal, whether it's lose 50 pounds or gain. 50 pounds of muscle, you know, whatever that may be. Man, 50 pounds of muscle, that's a lot. That's a lot. It takes a long time to do that. You'd but be, You'd I mean, be lucky to put on 10 pounds of muscle in a year. But, but I, I mean, I know plenty of people that would, you know, 50 pounds of body fat loss is, is not That's just, doable. Yes. Yeah, not just doable. That's, yeah. that's their actual goal. Like, that's right. where they're at. Um, and to, to have a goal like that is, so, in some cases, it can seem daunting. There are certain people that, you know, knowing, hey, I'm, I'm going to set this goal and I'm going to hit it and that's all they need. Right. But for most people, it's, hey, you know, 10 pounds at a time, you know, maybe even five pound milestone markers. Once you hit that, you've got the traction, you've got the momentum. Right. And but never I would say never change your long term goal, but you need to be flexible in how you get there. Sometimes it needs to adjust. Exactly. You know? But and to caveat off of that is uh, I think a lot of people don't realize you want to let's just, for example, say you want to lose 50 pounds. There's going to be a point in time, and everybody's, like, go back to the DNA part, everybody's different. You're going to plateau at some point. You may lose 20 pounds quick, but then you're going to kind of plateau, and then you're going to have to make some adjustments. Yes. To get to keep going. That's and, correct. And that can actually demotivate some people. So it, it's good to have the short-term goals to keep you on track. Well, and, and going back to, I mean, the title of the episode is Setting Proper Expectations. Yeah. Expecting yep. that plateau to come. Yes. And having a game plan to get past it, knowing it will happen. Right. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, and how are you going to adjust your approach? Because I, I think a lot of people don't think about that too. Is you know they just think I'm going to hit that 50 pounds, and oh no, I lost 20, but this week's gone by and I've only lost one pound or maybe nothing. You know, it's I think going into this knowing that you know I'm going to hit a point where I need to make some adjustments is it's going to be crucial. One of the beautiful aspects of the body is it's so great at adapting to whatever it yes. is that you do. And that's why I think, um, you know, as we mentioned before, it's important to have the proper inputs mm -hmm. because I do see a lot of people who are like, you know, hey, my goal is I'm going to lose 50 or 60 or 100 pounds or, or, or even just 20. And they immediately start attributing, well, what I need to do is I need to, you know, I need to get out and go jog. 
well, I can promise you if getting out and going and jogging is the only adjustment you're making, but you're still going to McDonald's five or six times a day. It's not going to work. It's not going to work, <laughs> right? So having the expectations of, you know, first off, I think the, the, the biggest key point is how, do I, how did I get here? Yeah. How did I get here? How did I get to where I'm now having to set this goal? Whether it's nutrition, uh, whether it's lack of, you know, exercise. I know people, I'll tell you what, I know people who... Uh, aesthetically speaking, from from a looks, if you looked at them, they don't look like they're fit, and right. man, they will blow you out oh, of the yeah. water. Crazy uh, endurance, exactly, yeah. because their their body has adapted, and they're they're probably not entirely focused on you know the outward appearance. Right. They're more focused on what their body can do, but their body has adapted specifically to what they've been doing. Yes. And if you have a a sit down job. Um, whether that's driving a lot, like you know my day job was, yeah. uh, whether that's sitting at an office. If you don't have a, a, an overly active job, and then you go home and you sit down, and then yeah, you're laying it becomes, down, it just becomes natural to you. Exactly, everywhere you go, that just kind of seems to happen. And then in those busy lifestyles, you get we get so used to fast food. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's convenient, and by the it's way, easy, whoever, yeah. whoever snuck that S in was just a marketing genius. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so the the biggest the biggest change that needs to happen when we're when we're setting these expectations first and foremost is we need to f- figure out where do we come from, mm-hmm. where do we want to go, what needs to change, long term, but more importantly, what can we change in the short term? And those short term changes don't necessarily it depending on the person don't need to be these overhaul lifestyle changes. Some people can cold turkey and and make these big changes. But most of the time, if you can just start making small adjustments and let your body adapt to that, then more small adjustments, then more small adjustments. For most people, that's going to be the most sustainable path Mm -hmm. to success. And all those small adjustments add up. Yeah. Becomes big for you. Well, like for instance, I'll I'll use my wife as an example. Um, You know, she used to drink Dr. Pepper quite a bit and now Mm -hmm. she's dialed back. Well, that's an adjustment. She went from, you know, five or six times a week to, you know, four or five, then three to four, then one or two. Those little adjustments over time because going cold turkey was just not possible. Right. You know, you get to get the caffeine headaches and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. And now it's more uh, used as a reward as opposed to a dependency. Right. So, um, with there, and there's plenty of, uh, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, there's plenty of things you can find out there all the time in regards to setting goals. And I don't think there's anything different in fitness than there is to any other goal setting um, that you would make at any point of your life, whether it's you know financial, relationship, business. You know, first and foremost, your goals need to be measurable. Yep. Okay. And and so for most people, that's going to be the easiest part. I want to lose X amount of weight. I want to do this. Put a, um, put a number on it. Exactly. I think the hardest thing to do measurably is if you're saying I want to look a certain way in the mirror. Okay, if we're talking aesthetics, that can usually be the hardest one to put an exact measurement on, and that's more of a, a kind of feel it out as you go. Well, you know, everybody sees. You know, you, you can look at yourself, and you don't. You might not see the changes that someone else may see. That's correct. Because you never see. You'll never see what you want to see, but somebody else will notice it. That's absolutely correct. We, we're our biggest critics. Exactly. Men, women, th- yeah. they're both the same. Um, the, the second thing about the goals is they do need to be exact. And when we talk about the exact, you know, set a specific time. Now, if we hit that time frame and we're not quite where our goal is, we can adjust that. But that time frame is what's going to hold us accountable to that. Right. So if I want to lose, just using kind of the same example we've been on, if I want to lose 50 pounds, I need to set a sp- exact time frame. But it also needs to be, which is the third point, realistic. So I can't lose 50 pounds in a month. That's just not physically possible. Or should I say... Physically possible within a healthy standpoint. I mean, yeah, you can do it with. There's a lot of things you can do that's unhealthy. To yeah, use a lot of weight, <laughs> completely, else, but... completely illegal and yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. dangerous. But um, 
you know, assuming that, you know, the, the listener is not talking about going and using illegal substances, mm-hmm. um, you know, meth probably being <laughs> the most likely to burn through Speed. body fat. Yeah, anything like that. Um, assuming they're not trying to take a, a surgery path, mm-hmm. okay, because that is always an option too. Um, and I know many people who have taken that option. Uh, assuming they're wanting to take a, the most natural, healthy approach to it, a realistic expectation for body fat loss that can be sustainable long-term, and this is directly from the CDC, which is the Center for Disease Control. Right. They tell you, naturally speaking, one to two pounds of body fat loss per week yep. is sustainable. Anything and more than considered that. considered healthy. Correct, yes. Yep. That means your body can maintain that, that pace and it can keep mm-hmm. it off. If you're trying to push out five to 10 pounds a week, you will rebound because what you're doing is you're putting your body into a uh, state of survival, a state of hunger, um, and when it finally starts eating again, it it will blow back up. Think of Oprah, this is a perfect example. Um, The other thing it says, so let's say part of your goal is uh, muscle gain. They say the, the most amount of muscle that you can put on in a given week healthily speaking, is anywhere from a quarter to a half a pound. Right. So that's about one to two pounds of muscle per month. Mm-hmm. And from a body fat standpoint, that's four to eight pounds of body fat loss per month. Right. So when we talk about, for most people, when they say, you know, I want to lose weight, I want to lose weight. Well, the term weight loss could be anything. I mean, I can chop my arm off and I've lost weight, right? Yep. So we want to make sure that we're using accurate terminology on this show so that we can break some of the improper uses that a lot of people are piggybacking for marketing purposes. So usually when people are talking about weight loss, they're genuinely talking about body fat loss. There are very few people that I meet that say, hey, I want to lose muscle. Right. I don't um, think I've ever met anyone like that. N- no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Even so, someone that's never worked out before. Exactly. And here's the thing about weight loss. So for instance, let's say you're getting back into the gym or just into the gym in general and part of your routine is resistance training of sorts Mm -hmm. okay so you're activating the muscles you're tearing them down your body's trying to rebuild and in the process you're burning body fat well you could burn five pounds of body fat put on one pound of muscle you're only going to see four pounds lost on the scale but your body is making a complete different change right uh in, in both directions so uh, for most people, and I, I would say a, a vast majority of uh, female uh, mm-hmm. listeners or anyone starting off, uh, it, they tend to be focused at by marketing companies from this whole weight loss standpoint. Exactly. Usually it's a it's more of a, an inches that they're more concerned about. It's really not the scale, but they focus so hard on the scale that they lose sight of what's really important long-term and they, they can end up hurting themselves, especially if they're talking about too much of a calorie deficit, mm-hmm. which we'll go into in another episode about how that affects everything. Um, I know my wife's been down that road before. I'm sure yours has too. Oh yeah. They, yeah, they I, start weighing themselves every day and you know, I had to throw the scale away. You well, know, I had to hide mine. <laughs> I mean, she was doing, she was doing, getting prep, doing prep for a show and you know, she was weighing herself every day and I mean, you're not going to see, you're, you're going to see a fluctuation in your weight, obviously from, when you wake up in the morning, because that's your true weight, and if you weigh yourself again later on in the evening, mm-hmm. you've been eating meals, you know, oh, yeah. you're a couple pounds going to fluctuate, but it gets in your head, you know, and, that, and that's another thing that hurts people too, is when you get in your head, you know, that could kind of turn, take you off that path you're on, you know, so. Well, hundred, I, I think the mental game in anything, but especially in fitness, the mental mm-hmm. game is probably the hardest aspect. It's the hardest yeah. component. Yeah. And I would say to that point, you mentioned, you know, you weigh in the morning, weigh at night. If your goal is weight loss, body fat loss, yep. 
don't weigh yourself every day. No. I would once recommend a week, once a week. Yeah. Once a yep. week at the most. If you have a long goal, if we're, and I say long goal, not long term, but if we're talking like a massive goal to achieve. So let's say you are that person that is looking to lose 100 pounds of body fat. Right. You may want to set it at a two-week mark mm-hmm. instead of one week. Um, just because you'll see a bigger difference in the numbers at that point. Right. And it'll be a little bit more motivating. Even though it's the exact same amount of time that goes by, whether you check it weekly or two weeks and you still have the same number, it's it's the mental override that you get to kind of play against the brain at that point. Right. Um, when it goes back to what we're talking about too, you know, you're going to, I guarantee you most people, at least most I've talked to, they like I said, you're going to lose a lot real fast at first. And if, you know, I, I like the idea of checking yourself twice a week, your weight, because, you know, you're going to lose, you could probably lose 10 pounds in two weeks, you know, not that that's unhealthy or anything, but, you know, a lot of people will lose fast and then you plateau. And I think when you hit that plateau mark is when you start, you keep weighing yourself and you're like, oh, I've been doing good. Five pounds this week, six pounds this week, seven pounds the next week. And then boom, oh, I only lost a pound, half a pound, pound, you know, that, that, that can, uh really mess with the mind well and especially as you as as you get to a point where you're you're in a diminished state and so what i mean by that is let's say let's say you're at 45 percent body fat okay so i'm going to switch from actual pounds to percentage and let's say female okay uh and you're getting down to about 22 percent mm-hmm. well it's a lot harder to get from 22 to 21 than it is to get from 45 to 44. Exactly. Because now we're talking about fine tuning the body fat that the body's trying to hold on to as opposed to the body fat that it wants to get rid of. Right. And then you're also talking about, for most people, like I said, most people are gonna incorporate some sort of resistance training. Mm -hmm. So you might be tweaking where you're putting on muscle at the same time as losing body fat and you're kind of trading off. Right. So again, the scale, isn't gonna isn't yeah it's not gonna switch that much exactly so and, that, and muscle weighs more than fat so if you you know let's say you lose three pounds you put on a pound of, a pound of muscle that I mean a lot of people don't know that either you know they, it's goes back to my wife when she was getting ready for her uh, figure show is like you know she was putting on some muscle because she was leaning out but the scale wasn't changing that much so in her mind you know she's thinking oh my gosh I'm still overweight you know and when, when really she didn't have a target weight to hit because it wasn't by weight class but um, you really gotta just be mindful of that. It doesn't. Don't let it get in your head. Is basically, what I'm getting at. Oh yeah. Well, I tell you, one of the best things that um, happened for my wife because she was having the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she was doing. A, she was doing a, a show prep. She didn't end up doing the show. Um, long story short, she was um, on a nutrition regimen that wasn't accurate for her. Her body wasn't accepting it, and yeah. so it was instead of losing body fat, it was holding and retaining everything yep. um, because what she was eating was she was allergic to. Um, which was, we didn't know until later on. So right. it's kind of a, a, a diminishing beat down for it, mm-hmm. if you will. But one thing that I learned is as you're going through this, especially if we're talking about losing body fat, if you have access to it, whether it's, you know, one of those handheld devices you can get, you know, I know like some of the trainers at our gym will, you know, have it, you can, they'll let you use it to determine yeah. body fat. Yeah. Um, there's a couple places around here. I know the local Nutri Shop, and I think almost all the Nutri Shops. Yeah, they've um, got those new machines. They've now got the embodies. It tells so you a lot. Th- those, in my opinion, are probably uh, the best bang. Uh, I mean, yes, you can go do the water dunk tank and stuff mm-hmm. if you really want to get, but you know those can cost pretty pretty expensive. They're yeah. getting a little bit more cost effective now as as technology is getting better, but still. 
Um, the, the in-body, hands down, is my favorite because it not only tells me my current body fat as in total amount mm-hmm. in weight, but it tells me my body, my body fat percentage, which is what right. I actually want to watch because my body fat can stay the same, but if I put on body muscle, right, if mm-hmm. I put on lean muscle, yep. it's going to fluctuate down on that body fat percentage as an overall percentage of my overall weight. Right. So understanding that, I think that is probably one of the hands-down best tools that anyone can have that access also, to. That also tells you like your... Uh, your what, is it, what do you call that? The body mass index or B, 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 BMI? BMI, yeah. Yep, tells you BMI. And it also it's tells you. It's got a lot of great information on it. It does. Thing. It's fantastic. It's got the resting metabolic rate, which is what I love. Right. The resting metabolic rate will tell you okay, if you just lay in bed all day, how many calories are you burning? Yeah. And that is a great start point to figure out, you know, where does your nutrition guidelines need to be? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk for a second. I'm going to let you kind of take this on, but I will I want you to talk about the the main overall arching goals, you know, that anyone can fall into. I mean, there's probably a bunch of subcategories you can plug into yeah, these, well, but I'm I think sure. these. I think what we got here is, is probably the the like you said the the basic goals that everyone probably thinks about, and I'm sure there's probably a lot of other goals out there. But you know, like as we've been discussing, body fat loss is probably the number one goal that a lot of people are going to have when they start at the gym or if they start on their own home gyms. Um, and then probably got you, you got muscle gain and strength flexibility, mobility, overall health, cardiovascular. I think those those are probably the most important ones. Or I'm not going to say most important. Let me take that back, but most popular. You know? Yeah, I would think for anything outside of that, I would say it probably falls under one of those categories. Yeah, you could tie everything else into those in some form or fashion. Yeah, you know, you hear people say, oh, I want to tone. Well, usually tone is a combination of body fat loss and muscle, and muscle gain. Yeah. Or muscle. in some senses, they might just be simply referring to, you know, the tightening of the muscles, which is usually that def- definition again, comes in from yeah, the body fat. Yeah, exactly. So You're tightening the skin up because, you, you know, your skin all over your body you'll hold layers of fat under it so when you tighten that up obviously the muscle underneath there is going to start poking out and showing more exactly you know and you get you get the what we like to refer to in the industry as the aesthetics exactly um yep. and that's that you know personally that's what i what i aim for is the aesthetics of it because you know yeah, that's what i that's what i do now since i'm you know i feel like i'm 83 even though i'm 43 <laughs> I, I, the whole lifting heavy weights is you know come and gone but and honestly, I like doing the lighter weights, more reps anyways. I think to me, that's more of a challenge, more muscle endurance is. Oh yeah. yeah I'll tell you, it's, it's, it is a different, uh, it is a different game when you go from absolute strength, you know, one rep maxes, which right. is still difficult oh, but yeah. to time yeah. under tension, maintaining good yeah. form. Um, and they mm-hmm. both have their benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll go into that again at a later episode right. into more depth on those. Um, now, I do want to make a point. If you are choosing the path of weight training or resistance training to help you in your goals, and that, and by the way, resistance training can help you in body fat loss. It's a very, mm-hmm. actually one of the best methods uh, for body fat loss long term. Um, obviously, it's usually the only method you can use for uh, muscle gain and strength. Normally, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen without resistance right. training. Um, flexibility and mobility. Um, sometimes resistance training can actually impede against that, especially if you go over the top. I mean, you just think about the bodybuilders who can't wipe their own rears. Yeah, or um, scratch their back. Yeah. Wash their back. <laughs> um, resistance training can definitely play in overall health. Um, and in some cases, if done properly, it can add to cardiovascular endurance. Yes. Um, so it, de- it definitely uh, can hit a lot of those overarching goals. Um, but my, my key point here is if that's the path you're going to take, and you've never done it before, don't try to implement something that you saw 
on someone's Instagram page, Facebook page, um, or even in some cases, don't try and you know imitate somebody at the gym. Usually, a lot of times what you see on those is improper use of machines, improper form, mm-hmm. um, or in some cases, proper use and proper form, but at a very advanced level where they've got their body operating and firing on all eight cylinders. Um, I can tell you things like, uh, for instance, you know, CrossFit's a great example. Uh, they do a great job of overall fitness where they implement resistance training, cardiovascular. Right. Uh, it's great for uh, well, it was designed originally for for military, for police officers, right. um, to be to gives them you know overall strength, endurance, to give them kind of the, the rounded overall. Right. Package. Yeah, actually, probably about I don't know what about my 15 year mark in the Marines that we started getting something. I mean, we didn't really call it CrossFit, but it was I mean it was pretty much the same thing. But that once we started implementing that into our you know workout programs or what we call PT physical training. That, I mean, you can see a difference. It helped some people and some people it didn't, but I mean, it, it was, no, it's good, you know, especially for the endurance part and cardiovascular. Oh yeah. Uh, and if you're not familiar with what CrossFit is, go watch the movie 300. That's what they did yeah. to get, to get there. Um, and Except so, you're not going to go out and kill a wolf with a long spear. Right? <laughs> that's exactly right. Now, it, the reason I bring CrossFit up is that they use, in some of their methods, they use Olympic style lifting. Yeah. And the only issue personally that I have with CrossFit, which is why I stopped doing it, was you're taking people who, who in some cases have never done fitness and you're throwing them into moves that have taken professionals decades right. to master. And so that's why there can be, in some instances, there can be more injuries. Yeah, um, I agree totally. Because I, I, I was actually going to say something about that is that the ones you see on TV, like they're doing these competitions, they've been doing CrossFit for years. Oh, yeah. They've mastered the form. They've mastered the art of it. But then you get someone, you know, I'll even use myself as an example because I don't do it. If I go out there and try to do deadlifts, you know, 100 deadlifts in an X amount of time, I'm probably going to hurt myself. Oh, yeah. Because you haven't trained your body to get there. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, and, and now it's not to say that right when you go in, you're going to immediately, you know, right. injure yourself. It's just saying that you walk in and you try and emulate what someone else is doing and they've been doing it for 10, 15 years and they've mastered, you know, how to properly fire the chain of muscles in, in right. correct order. Yes. You know, which is personally, you know, that's why I have a trainer now. You know, from an aesthetic right. standpoint, I didn't really feel like I needed a trainer, but I can tell you from a mobility, from the just an overall um, muscular shape of my sub, the the secondary and support mm-hmm. muscles, yep. I can core that that was not even oh, yeah. trained, and so exactly. uh, I still I mean I've been training with him for months now. I'm still getting my tail kicked every day. Well, that's uh, a, you know you're training with Jay, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've done training sessions with him, and I can tell you ever since I've done those training sessions with him. My workouts on my own are not the same. You, no, know, you take a completely yeah. different approach. You're yeah. like, oh, yeah. shoot, I was ignoring this and I was ignoring that. Right. And so, um, and you get better results. I mean, you feel better for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, you're dying when it's happening, but <laughs> afterwards it's great. Well, I, I'll tell you, there's there's never a an exercise that, uh, or, or a workout that I've regretted. Even the ones that I've injured myself in, I didn't regret the, oh, the workout. I regretted yeah. what I did to actually yeah. injure myself. Yeah. Um, in, in regards to body fat, um, I think the number one biggest myth, and you've probably heard people say, you know, how do I get rid of my belly fat? How do I get yes. rid of this arm fat? How do I get rid of this, you know, this leg fat? Right. How do I, how do I, 
they're picking, they're picking certain spots of the body. Exactly. And and then what's even worse is you you know, you see these Dr. Oz shows, you know, eat yes. this to get rid of belly fat. Yeah. You eat, it's Drink like this, yeah. You know, and, and while there while there may be some small truths to that, it it's you're talking a half of one percent of an impact compared to doing the proper things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first off, what we refer to that as that's called spot treating. Spot treating does not exist. The only way that you can truly do spot treating is liposuction. Yes. That's, that's really the only way cut that it, you... Cut it out. Yep. yep. That's it. So if that's not an option for you, then you just have to understand that the body, just as just as you couldn't control where the body put the body fat on, you can't control where the body's going to want to take it off from first. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have this old adage when I was training clients, and this wasn't entirely accurate, but it gave a good example. Let's say, you know, your body's like an iceberg. It's going to want to melt from the top down. Mm-hmm. So you usually first start seeing, you know, lot fat loss in your face, right? right. And then you'll start seeing yep. it around your neck and then yep. you just kind of, and usually the last place that you'll see it is your gut and your legs. Right. Now that's probably true for most people. It's not a hundred percent accurate all the time, but I can definitely tell you, I never saw someone who came in who, you know, was 50, 60, 70 pounds overweight. And the next thing you know, they had an eight pack with a blown up face. Exactly. Just, you know, it just, if they do, there's something else going on. That's, you might need to go to the doctor. that's yeah. exactly right. Unless your goal is to run a marathon, weight training is going to be the fastest and longest lasting route to fat loss, regardless of whether you're male or female. You know, I mean, what's your take on that, Nick? Well, my thought on this is that, Okay, if you compare just the the action alone of long distance sustained cardio, okay, mm-hmm. so whether that's going for a jog or a run, hitting the treadmill, doing the elliptical, and we're talking thirty minutes to an hour, okay, right. versus thirty minutes to an hour of quality resistance training. If you just compare those two at face value, it takes your body twenty to thirty minutes to even get into a fat burning mode. Right, you got when you're doing cardio. And, yeah. So yeah. the first 20 minutes you're burning through stored glycogen which is basically just you know stored sugar stored stored carbs Um, and in some cases burning through muscle and it's not churning through the muscle in the sense of necessarily eating it for fuel your body will start to actually get rid of it because it's heavier it's harder on the body so the body as we said earlier it adapts so if you're going for a long distance cross-country drive and you're hauling a trailer behind you loaded down and you want to get the best gas mileage first thing you're going to do is you're going to hook that trailer The body does the same thing with muscle. So it's going to get rid of that first because it, A, is heavier and more dense, but B, it uses oxygen. Mm -hmm. And in a cardiovascular state, they're using oxygen as the primary source of energy, not... Right. Not the, the stored glucose, or uh, we won't get into the, the technical details on this uh, at this time. So that's that's comparing cardio versus weight training. What you're going to do is you're going to put your body in an automatic state of fat burn immediately through the workout. And then as the body's repairing itself for the next 24 hours, it's going to be in a heightened state of a metabolic burn. So it's going to keep your metabolism raised. Whereas the moment you finish your cardiovascular, it drops down. That may not go back down to the baseline, but it's not elevated near as much as your body is in a state of trying to repair itself Mm -hmm. from the muscle getting worn down, beat up and, and needs to repair itself. That's, that's part a part B. If you talk about the long term effects of it, the more, muscle mass you have on you, the higher your resting metabolic rate is. So I always use this as an example. 
if you compare two car engines, a, a four-cylinder versus a V8, and you just turn them on and let them sit in the driveway, which one's going to burn more gas just sitting at rest? The V8. The V8, because it's bigger, right? Yeah. So if you take someone who is, like for me, when I started, I was 170 pounds. I'm six foot one, right? Now I'm 210. There's a vast difference in yeah. the size and the muscle base. I will burn through more calories just sitting at rest, which means... Well, if I want to eat more, I can, and it's not going to affect me as much. Right. Um, but Cl- it, clean though. Yeah. Clean, of course. <laughs> you but, eat a lot of fried stuff that might have an effect. <laughs> that, on that's it. true. Yeah. But if I, but if I'm wanting to keep body fat off, it's a lot easier for me now than it was back then. Now, my body type was the type that was very easy to keep body fat off, but very hard to put muscle mass on. That's Mm -hmm. one of the, and we'll get into that, like I said, in a different episode. But if your body type is the type where it puts on body fat easy and it's very hard for it to take it off, the the best thing you can do, because usually that body type is also very quick at putting on muscle mass, best thing you can do is start putting on muscle mass fast because now you're not only getting a better fat burn in the short term within that first 24 hours, but in six months from now, you've made your job easier because now you've increased your resting metabolic rate and your body's going to burn through more calories just sitting there. Right. Um, so it makes, your, it makes your job easier now. It makes your job easier. Whereas in six months from now, if you're doing cardio, guess what? You still got to get out and you got to go run. You yep. still have to go do the same thing. Right. Whereas before, gonna, you know, those rest days, yeah. you, don't, you don't get the benefits. Whereas I take a day off now, I can still eat almost as much as I normally do and it's not going to notice. No. You no. know? So... Um, that, that's probably one of the biggest things. Cause I see a lot of people when they start off with the body fat goal, first thing they do, I'm going to go run. Yep. Well, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, t- uh, clinically obese, if you're overweight and you haven't done it, uh, that can be hard on your joints. Yep. Uh, it, it, and it's not fun for most people. No. Running is not an no. enjoyable task. I've never liked it. Yeah. That, and now I could be wrong. I mean, there are some people who oh, do enjoy people it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's a lot less enjoyable if you are carrying an extra 50, 60 pounds. Oh, yeah. It makes of it way harder. It, yeah. it does. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, and if your goal is to run long term, maybe the short term path is doing a little bit of resistance training mm-hmm. to help get, get that body fat off and then start implementing the longer distance cardio, right. you know, or do, as we were talking before the show, you know, do resistance and then finish up with 20, 30 minutes right. or an hour, right. but get your resistance training in first. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a big believer and I, I don't know if everybody's got their own opinions on it, but I've always believed like, you know, if I was going to do weightlifting and cardio on the same day, I want to do the weightlifting first. Always. And then do the cardio afterwards, whether it's 15, 20 minutes. If know. your goal is for muscle mass <laughs> right. or, or strength. And I don't it, want to do that every day, but if I had a good balance in that week of weightlifting with cardio at the end, three days a week, maybe two days a week, depending on what body type you are. Yeah, they say that if your goal, if your goal is pure endurance, so the cardiovascular, if it's pure endurance, doing your running beforehand and then doing your resistance afterward right. because you're not going to be doing near as much resistance, exactly. so that's okay. But for, for almost pretty much every other goal, right. you're going to want to get your weight training done in or resistance training done in first mm-hmm. and then and then your cardiovascular. Or you can split your days. You yep. know, do rate, weight training one day, do cardiovascular another, that's perfectly fine right. too. But if you're trying to stack them, if you're in a position where you've only got a couple days or, or you're the type of person who's got five or six days a week and you're just trying to maximize each and every day, mm-hmm. Do, get your resistance training done first and follow up with your right. cardio. Right. So in regards to uh, losing body fat, the number one factor by 90 to 95% is your nutritional intake. If you are eating more calories than your body is burning, 
you're in what's called a calorie surplus, your body will convert that those additional calories to additional body fat, and it stores it for right. energy use later. That's what sim- that's all body fat is. It's stored stored energy for for later use, and it does so by taking what you didn't spend or use mm-hmm. and storing it. Uh, think of it kind of like a, a negative bank account, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want to have money in no. this bank account, but <laughs> but you know if you if you make more than you spend, you have some sitting in there, right? So if you're initial path in your mind to burning through the body fat or losing losing your 50 pounds or 100 pounds is I'm going to get up and go run, but I'm not going to change my nutrition. Mm-hmm. You are tripping over dollars yeah, to, to pick to up pennies. You have to adapt your diet to what you're doing. Absolutely. And if so let's say you can only pick one. Change your nutrition, change your exercise routine. 100% change your nutrition Absolutely. as far as body fat is concerned you have to change your nutrition well, you know even some people could just change their diet completely and not work out and you can still lose weight yes you know? yes not that it would be a drastic change but you know if you completely changed your diet and you didn't and even if you didn't work out you could still you can still lose weight oh 100 percent, because you're, you're you're using the law of math at that point exactly you know so if you're if your body's burning through 2000 you're only taking in 1700 you're going to burn off 300 cal- calories right. a day if that adds up um, and for most people, that that's usually for busy lifestyles, people who aren't necessarily looking to exercise, but they want to, um, you know, lose body fat. That's normally the path most people will take is, yes. hey, and when we say change in nutrition, we're not necessarily saying, all right, every meal has to be, you know, the clean chicken and, and broccoli. And veggies. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can go cold, cold turkey like that. And there are benefits to having those. But we're just simply saying, look. Get your get your caloric intake under wraps. Right. Um, take a good analysis, uh, and there's plenty of information out there. And, and again, we'll do, we'll do an episode on this where we can do a deep dive to really help people. Right. Yeah, because I was going to say too. I mean, it, it's a lot of people just get to looking at the calorie, the number of calories. But mm-hmm. I mean, as you said, you know, another, another episode from now, we'll talk about. It's not just you know, two, I need to eat two thousand calories a day. Well, what are those calories? You know. It's got to be the right fats, carbs, and proteins. Exactly, and that's what we call macros. Uh, macros are simply referred to if you if you've heard this terminology or if it's the first time you, you've ever heard it. It's simply macronutrients. There are four macronutrients, uh, and that would be proteins, fats, carbs, uh, and alcohol. Those are the four uh, nutrients that have uh, a, a caloric number attached to them. So they mm-hmm. actually have an, a, a, a energy usage for the body and then you have what are called micronutrients those are things like your antioxidants your vitamins and stuff they have no caloric uh, addition to the body whatsoever Um, so your body doesn't register that as storing or using energy Uh, we don't normally when you hear people talk about macros they don't normally talk about alcohol because it's it's not something you think it's 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 not a base part of your diet's drinking beer yeah Yeah. it's it's, (laughs) but when you know and we will do a deep dive on a macros episode where we talk about you know if if you can fit it in uh, and how you can how you can account for alcohol usage in your right not in a daily basis no no, no. so definitely not a post-workout thing. <laughs> correct. But as Ben was saying, you know, the, there has to be there for your goals, depending on what they are, there are specific um, breakdowns and ratios of what those macros need to be. And so in that mm-hmm. episode, we'll make sure we yep. dive in. Okay, if this is your goal, this is where they need to be, so on and so forth. Um, I will say this. I know that the, the next episode that we plan on talking about is, you know, busy lifestyle. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so this one's going to tie into that. But 
understand guys that when we say getting out and doing exercise we're not saying that you need to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger where you're in the gym four or five hours a day well you don't even have to honestly you don't even have to go become a gym member or get a gym membership because there's things you can do at home absolutely and a lot of people do I know plenty of people that have uh, made their entire changes whether it's you know one of those home DVDs or a yeah. home gym yep. or quite frankly nowadays just learning body weight exercises yes. you can do so much with the body as it is you'd be surprised yeah and even just fit f to, to start out if you are talking about making a change and going full tilt to one way or full tilt to another isn't who you are. Understand that even 15 minutes of just doing some basic body weight exercises, um, they can make a big difference mm -hmm. and, and give you a, a, an immediate, I'd say immediate, I mean, not in a day or two, right? But immediate right. in the sense of the time frames of, you know, four, eight and 12 weeks, you can still see a difference. If you're combining that with proper nutrition, you'll see it. You'll see a change. Absolutely. Um, the thing I love about bodyweight exercises, hands down over anything else, is it is near impossible to injure yourself with them mm -hmm. um, because you're not adding any other stress or apparatus. As long as you're not doing some sort of funky... Yeah, you, don't, <laughs> you don't want to do anything improper. Yeah, exactly. You don't have that extra weight added to... Yeah. Don't do single single hand handstands yeah. and you know that kind of stuff. Yeah, so in, to, to go along with that, I mean, we're talking about, you know, we talked about goals and whatnot. Consistency is key to all this. You know, you can't be sporadic. It can't be like a sporadic effort. You know, you can't be like, I'm going to go three times this week and the next week I'm going to go once. You got to stay consistent with what the plan is, what your short-term goals are to get to that long-term goal. Well, and as the body adapts, it adapts better to It'll consistency. Get yes. If you're doing, like he said, if you're doing, I'm going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then, oh my gosh, I'm out for, you know, five days, and then I'm going to hit, you know, mm -hmm. next Wednesday, and oh, I'm out for three. Your body doesn't, know what's going on it can't right. get settled in it's kind of like it's kind of like when you move and your dog's going haywire right yeah, yeah. and they finally get settled in well in the moment they get settled in if you if you move again like yeah, the dog start all over yeah. <laughs> the, the body's kind of the same way yeah. so you've got to get consistent and so it, it's better to be consistent with smaller adjustments mm -hmm. whether that's small adjustments in your nutrition you know changing one meal a day to to something healthy if you've never had you know, if you don't, never eat healthy or if you only eat once a day, adding one extra meal right. in there and right. breaking it up um, to even, as you mentioned, 15 minutes of bodyweight exercises. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, wake up in the morning or right when you get home, just do 10, 15 minutes, your body will have a better chance of adapting if you can get more consistent as in four or five, six days a week. Right. All right. It's got to be more days per week on than off. Uh, and I think that was Tony Horton who said that, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever your three, four ratio is will win. If you're off three days and you're on four, you're going to have success. If you're off four and you're on three, opposite, you're going to yeah. lose. Yep. So he goes, whichever, whichever one takes the, the, uh, priority and takes the majority is going to be the winner. And I can tell you with staying consistent, you're going to start seeing results and it's going to push you more and you're going to stay with it. It's going to be harder for you to, to tail off and drop off when you start seeing the results that you set. Oh, 100%. I mean, when you start getting those milestones, that fuels you. It, yes. it, it fuels the belief. It fuels the belief in you. It fuels the belief in the, what you're doing is correct. Uh, in makes you happier. 100%. You get that satisfaction. Yep. You get that satisfaction. And that's, that is how you develop uh, not a habit but a lifestyle. Uh, that's how you de de develop the dedication and the commitment. Because um, I can tell you, the, the, the bumps in the road are a lot, they seem a lot bigger 
in the beginning than they do two years, five years, 10 years in when you've been doing it right. and you have a bump in the road. It's like, oh, I've, I've weathered this before. Right. You know, the, my goal is still worth it. So um, as I mentioned before, I do want to make sure that this, this point kind of sinks in for, for most people. And I think it's probably one of the truest statements that I've seen repeated across social media I don't know, probably at least a hundred times, mm -hmm. which is there is not a single workout that you will regret doing. No. But the ones that you skip. Unless you get hurt. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but if you skip one, if you make an excuse for, for not going, you'll immediately regret it because your internal accountability will hold you yeah. to that. And even if no one else knows that you were meant to show up, you did. Yes. And mm -hmm. so you, it, it will, for most people, it will eat at them. Now, it's got a it's got a snowball effect that you know it'll continue on after that too. Hundred percent. And, and I'll tell you what, the ones that are the hardest to get to, life shows up. This happened. Yeah. Horrible day. Yeah. Drained energy, and you still show up and you still put it exactly. in. Those are the ones that you're going to be the most proud of. Those are going to be the ones that will push you and motivate you yes. later because you're so well. Shoot, if I can show up on this day, right. then I can easily show up on that day. Right. Um, so and then. I, you mentioned earlier probably the I think the biggest key to understanding long-term success which is that you have to reward yourself yes for your milestones mm -hmm. and and enjoy the journey in your in your journey what are some of the times that you wish you would have maybe rewarded yourself that you didn't or what are some times that you you found as great opportunities and how did you choose to reward yourself through those I, when I think of rewarding myself, you know, because I've done, you know, the show preps and, you know, just following a clean diet, like, it, you know, it may sound kind of silly, but rewarding myself, like I want to get something nasty to eat. And I don't mm -hmm. mean, I mean, like, you know, a big pizza or, you know, ice cream or something, you know, that, that's always what I look forward to, especially when I was doing a, a prep, you know, for the show is, man, I always look forward to Saturdays because, you know, I busted my butt all week and I'm going to go get me a cheeseburger I'm gonna go get me a pizza and that, tell you what when I hit that Saturday and I ate that I didn't feel so good because my diet's been clean but I, it, it was it's it felt good though you know because I'm like you know you know I deserve this and then you know, start back over the next week and, uh, that, that was the rewards I did um, cheat meals yeah cheat meals I mean that was it that's all I look forward to you know? <laughs> I didn't buy anything else for myself but it was always just cheat meals that I look forward to yeah and and you know that's a good point the reward can be whatever it is that makes yourself feel good. It can yeah, be something I mean, to commemorate. Yeah. Um, Go buy yourself a new pair of shoes. Yeah. You know, something that you, you know. Could be could be an event, you know, yeah. a, a, a fancy date night out or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know one of the rewards that I wanted to give myself uh, was a photo shoot mm -hmm. to commemorate it. That's you good. Know? But I got it's injured. It's good to see a before and after sort <laughs> exactly. of Exactly. You know? I got injured before I could do that, and so that was tough. But uh, You could just do your own photo shoot and take a bunch of selfies, right? Yeah, you know. <laughs> That's, you can always change that's the how you become an Instagram star. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I think that pretty much wraps us up for today. Hopefully everything that we discussed is, um, is going to be useful information for you. Uh, we appreciate you taking time and hanging out with us in the lounge Thank today. You. And we will catch you next time. Stay motivated. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Listen, we love connecting with our listeners. So if you have any questions or topic requests, please email them to podcast at thefitnesslounge.net. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fitness Lounge Podcast for more updates, tips, and content. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at Fitness Lounge 3.
We are excited to take this wonderful journey with you, and we'll see you next time here at the Fitness Lounge.